Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up? What up? What up? And uh, welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity podcast. Coming to you all the way live from beautiful and yet rainy series California. As always, you know who it is. It's your boy, DJ Billy A. And across the way from me is my man, 50 Grand. Get up on your microphone and tell him who you am, my friend. What's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Savage O'Malley, a.k.a. Big Skis, a.k.a. Drill Bit. A.K.A. Suckerfish Sab, A.K.A. Make sure your phone's on silent, dum dum. Uh, that's a new one. <laughs> that is a new nickname. Hey, shout out to shout out to the homeboy of Mariposa Mahler, man. Uh, for a lot of reasons, but uh, mostly because this guy shares in my love. Uh huh. For just the absolute classics. It came from the Rocky films. Got you. Okay. I mean, I could sit here all day, all day, and just go through these jams, man. <laughs> no, hey, nothing yeah. makes me want to get in the car, drop the windows, and just fucking Florida 99, uh-huh. like the Rocky soundtrack, man. Okay. Number one, not even close. Nothing else makes me want to jam it. You know what I mean? And he loves it, too. I love that about him. He's the man, dude. I tell you what, man. You know I- what I mean? I do know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I can vividly, I have vivid memories as a kid watching these movies and being expired to train. I like wanted to have my own living and breathing training montage. I don't know if any movie in the history of cinematic film has ever had a training montage be as good or as uh, 
um, inspiring as the Rocky movies. Well, you know that kicks in. That means all of a sudden he's going from, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like, yo, Paulie, let's make this happen. And he's going to, it's the one arm push-ups. It's the lifting the weights over the head. It's the running up the steps with his arms in the air. I can vividly remember as a kid going in my room having no clue how to work out but after rocky i was just like yo i i remember picking the pillow up and throwing it in the air and punching it and running back and forth in my room and doing jumping jacks like and i just heard this music in my head as i did that and like and as you can tell by our chiseled physiques it yeah, really stuck it panned out yeah oh yeah dude it worked well, out let well let me say this yeah. this was what is going through my head yeah when my mom and dad sent me out hey put on your snow boots uh-huh put on your jacket right put on your beanie yeah put on your muffs put Check. on your gloves yes and get out there and go play in the snow <laughs> right yeah 12 year old savage out there yes just <laughs> shoveling snow just going get the snow right I yeah. had to do hey Go shovel the driveway. What? Yeah. You heard me. Yeah. Or you don't get this warm tomato soup. Yeah. <laughs> for lunch with a grilled cheese. That's right, man. This was the, uh, you imagined that you were training to fight Drago yep. in the snow in Russia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when somebody would try to take me down, I'd be like, the snow, hey, the driveway was like, I must break him. Yes, that's right. He couldn't break me, though. No. It's not happening, no. He's like steel, I can't break. No, I just went into Scottish there. That yeah. didn't work at oh, all. Hey. <laughs> He's like a wall, I cannot break him down. I can't do it. I can't break him. Yeah, dude, those movies, I mean, I've got them all on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, all the way up to Creed through Creed 2. I believe I own them all. Yeah, um, but just, yeah, I can't think. I, I, Not off the top of my head anyway, can I think of another franchise that found a formula and stuck with it and just wrote it. And every movie is basically the same. He can't do it, but then he faces the insurmountable odds, busts his ass, and then he does do it. Every movie, you know what's gonna happen. You know, if you're betting against Rocky in any of the Rocky films, after about four or five of them, you weren't doing too smart. I, I can remember, for me, the most exciting one because I was a massive A-Team fan. And a big wrestling fan as a kid was uh, three with Mr. T when he fought Mr. T. Uh, Clubber Lang. Oh, man, dude. That one, I went and saw that at the drive-ins off of Highway 50 in Bradshaw mm -hmm. with, a, with my next-door neighbor when I grew up in Sacramento. And, man, when I heard Eye of the Tiger rising up into the streets and that training montage where he's training with, uh, with Apollo. And they're running up and down the beach and they're sparring. It's just, oh my God, dude. The the memories as a kid just being so excited. Mr. T was just so much. He was just larger than life. And he killed his trainer, man. He, mm. he pushed him and gave him a heart attack, man. Rocky had to come out and fight. Oh, man, dude, it's just. Whew. So. Yeah. Anyway. Good shit, man. Shout out to Mariposa and Mahler. Yeah. Friend of the show. Show. Uh. Uh, uh, what is it? Well, I forget the word. When you've been on the show, uh, oh, dude, contributor, show, yeah. show contributor, contributor. Show. yeah, not just a fan. Uh, brought episodes to light. Said, "Hey, you guys should do this." That's yes. a great call. Oh man, dude, he's and, and dude, he's 
inspirational in himself. I'm talking about being inspired by uh, the Rocky films. He'll reach out and be like, yeah, I was just going to get on the elliptical today and have an easy Sunday, but I decided to go out and run like five miles and it was worth it. And I'm like, so an easy Sunday for you is the elliptical. Like yeah. I, to me, an easy Sunday is my ass don't get up off the couch. Like an easy, an easy yeah. Sunday is uh, Netflix. Yeah, dude. He, and he'll, he's like, yeah, dude, I listened to that album you recommended while I was working out on my lunch break. So he's like using his lunch break from work to work out and working out on the weekends. And now, now I'm always going to envision him doing that to Eye of the Tiger. That's just it now. From this moment on, I can totally see the Mariposa Mall are going like, all right. Uh, all right, Mildred, I'll be back. I'll be back in two. I don't know who the ladies in the office are or what their names are. If there's a Mildred, there probably isn't. But I just envision him going, Mildred, I'll be back. And he's got his duffel bag and he gets out at his gym and then rising up into the streets. And he's hitting the weights, clink, 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 adding more plates, clink, clink, clink. Yeah, dude, that guy, man, he's he. what I love about him is he's legitimately concerned for you and I. Whenever we do an episode where we talk about we're slipping on our diets, we're not doing well in our workouts, we've put on some weight, I get a personal message from him. Like, hey, man, this is just a welfare check. Want to make sure you're okay. Don't give up. Here's a book that you can listen to. Here's some videos you can watch. Hey, man, just squeeze it in when you can. You can do it. Keep pushing. Like, the guy is legitimately concerned. He legitimately cares. He doesn't have to do that. He wants to do that. And man, I, I, I really, uh, I respect that and I appreciate that because you know what? Uh, I could use a swift kick in the ass every once in a while, especially when it comes to working out, especially right now, because I am way, 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 way off my game and then some. Like, Maybe this will help you. Yeah. What you got? Ah, shit. Here we go. Let's go. Dan, 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 Dan. Are you pumped up now ready to go get it? I am. Let's do it. Oh, wait, never mind. You made me take my shoes off when I came in. So uh, we're going to have to put a gonna have to put a pause on that. I'm sorry, Savage. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, shout out to Mariposa Mahler. Appreciate yes. you. Uh, I've been bumping a little bit of that. Uh, from, from the uh, classic, classic, if you're on Spotify, go ahead and follow the Aaron Guena Weightlifting Playlist 2020. Nice. It's a banger. Okay. There you uh, go. Shout out to my boy. Uh, but now? Yes. But now? Yes. Now get the kitchen. Yeah, shit. Quick. What's going on, man? That was a long. We didn't even get to the intros. Yes. I just, I just, I just got, I just saw that when I opened up Spotify and it <laughs> got me inspired to go, to go figure out a little. Uh, you know, they had an anniversary edition of Rocky Four that they re-released in the theaters for one day back in November, and it was a director's cut with new footage, new scenes. Uh, and I was seriously considering going. I didn't make it, but I, it was it was a special director's cut with new footage that Stallone had, had never released from the vaults. And I wanted to go, man. I wanted to go because I'm a big, big, big fan of those films, man. That's my childhood. That's, that's you know, I, how many, you know, not just me, thousands of kids everywhere. But I didn't make it, and I don't know if they're going to release that version, like, on Blu-ray or DVD or to stream. I haven't looked, but uh, I'd be definitely interested to check that out. And I know that eventually we're getting Creed 3, so I'm down for that as well, man. That's a franchise that uh, just doesn't seem to run out of steam. It's just, 
who doesn't love to watch a good Hollywood boxing match? And then, uh, you know, it's how we all wish boxing matches would go. Lots of contact, lots of goes the full 12 rounds. There's always a knockout and there's just tons and tons of brutal blows and contact. Most of the time you watch a boxing match and the guys are dancing around each other. They're using good defense. Nobody connects. You're just praying for something to happen. Uh, yeah, we like boxing how it used to be, where yeah. Tyson and Holyfield just come out and start, uh, you know, yeah. just delivering concussions. Wailing on each other. Now the, you know, who many people consider to be the greatest boxer of all time, that you, you know, what is he, 50 and 0, is uh, Mayweather. And Mayweather's whole thing is he just, he dances, he bobs, he weaves, he moves, you can't touch him. And, you know, it'll go the full distance, but the full distance is boring because it's just him moving around and not being touched and then getting in a light jab and he's racking up points. And it's masterful. Don't get me wrong. What he does is masterful. And it's it's next level what he does, especially at his age now, how he's pushing it. But it's not that fun to watch. I don't care because it's Hey, ask me how I feel about boring. Mayweather. How do you feel about Mayweather? Trash. <laughs> yeah, man. Agreed. I don't He's like garbage, his, man. I don't like his attitude. He didn't fight anybody. He dumped yeah. everybody. Yeah. He should have fought Pacquiao when they're both in their prime. Who got his ass whooped, which is why he avoided him. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That. I said what I said, Floyd. That's the last hey. last match hey. I actually watched was Mayweather Pacquiao. Was the last full boxing match I watched. That when they finally did it, somebody got it on pay per view. My neighbor and I went over and watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this ain't gonna happen. It's too late now." Too late, too little, too late, too old, unfortunately. Pacquiao went in there with a bad shoulder, and, you know, it just, he didn't tell anybody till after the fact, which I respect, and he pushed through, and he made some contact. There were a couple times he connected, but it uh, wasn't really that fun to watch, man. It no, was, no, it wasn't, uh, yeah. sir. Did you watch that one? Absolutely did not. Yeah, it was, it's, uh, I wouldn't have paid for it, but since I had a neighbor who did, who invited me over, and they were barbecuing, so I mean. Well, I, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, now we're talking. That adds a whole other level uh, to the to the fight and makes it worth, more worthwhile. But yeah, man, it's, uh, I, I think the most exciting boxing matches probably in the history of boxing come from the eight Rocky films in the franchise. <laughs> you know, I, if I want to watch boxing, I'll watch that or just Google Tyson clips. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the 30 second, the microwave fight era. Yeah. 30 seconds in and out, peace. Uh, hey, it's uh, $70 for the pay-per-view. Yeah. And uh, you're lucky if you get... Uh, one, uh, you know, uh, $1 a second yes. for a Tyson Yeah, fight. yeah, man. He would just come out and just obliterate. He was a man on a mission. You looked into his eyes, and he was just in the, in his prime, in that era, when he was just knocking fools out. His focus, he was just terrifying when he walked into the ring. He didn't smile. He didn't talk. He just didn't look at you. He looked through you. And I just remember thinking, and the other guys are trying to smile, trying to play it off, trying to look like they're not concerned, but you know they're fucking concerned. I mean, it's, it, it was just insane. And then he'd just barrel in there like a fucking bull and just start connecting. And it was over before it even started. And the, the whole reason why everybody's all impressed that Mike can do this now, it's because Mike 
until Buster Douglas didn't do a full fight. Like he hit, those were all 30 second fights in his career. Like, and then he went to jail for a while and then he came back and he had a couple of rough ones and then he retired. So the people that are going like, man, Mike's in his fifties and he's still doing this. It's because he didn't get his ass handed to him over and over well, and over again. Look, this is what it is, dude. And and look, I'm not trying to, to, uh, to sound cocky here yeah yeah okay so like anytime anybody says like oh he's uh, this uh, years old and he's still doing it that's crazy yeah it's yeah. unbelievable what an what, what an inspiration right but it, it's people who can't do that that right. say that shit. yeah 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 right yeah he's a boxer he's boxed his entire life that's all he knows that's right. what he's good at right right i'm 45 years old i play softball three nights a week i do shit that people are like oh my god but it's all I know. It's what I do. Right. It's what I've done my entire life. Right. Do I do it as good and as fast as I used to do it? No. Yeah. But do I do a lot of things better because I'm older and smarter? Yes, it's what I know. Right. So don't be like, oh my gosh, he's 34 and he just hit that ball 420. So it's what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are born to do things. And when yeah. you have the God-given talent, it's what Mike Tyson, of course, is going to whoop ass. It's what he's good at. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, when those clips pop up of him pounding the mitts and, oh, 100%. and digging into the heavy bag, it's fucking impressive still at 50 plus years old. I'm not saying that I'm not impressed, but I'm just saying that, like, look, we just had um, Holyfield came back and did one of those uh, fights like Mike Tyson did, one of those celebrity, I'm going to box uh, an MMA, MMA guy for YouTube, whatever they are, the Triller fights, I mm -hmm. think it is. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody backed out, so... Um, uh, Holyfield came in and Holyfield boxed a long time well past his prime took some serious beatings he's not as fast as he mentally or physically where he was and that fight lasted 30 seconds it was very sad he should he had no business being in there the dude ran up on him just started wailing on him the guy's like 15 years younger than him and just started beating him down and he went down in like the first 30 seconds tried to get up and say it was okay they called the fight because he wasn't even defending, guarding, like it was very sad. And that's because Holyfield boxed well after his Tyson matches where he handled Mike Tyson. Right. He continued to box for years and years because it's tough. We've talked about it on other podcasts. Athletes have a tough time walking away at the top of their game. Look, uh, who'd we talk about when we were talking about that? Uh, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, but he, he, he literally, oh, why can't I do But Brady, he announced his retirement while we were while we were recording the podcast, and he is unretired already. Well, he spent two and a half months with his wife and kids. He said, fuck yeah, this, I can't dude. do this shit, but that athlete's... I'd rather go get destroyed by 300-pound men. Name me your high school sex tape. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pause. Yes! Pause. Yeah, I mean, that's how difficult it is for professional athletes to walk away. They never go out on top. They always... Just I could do it one more, just one more, one more, and Holyfield went way past and came back in, and it looked like he had no business being in there. Whereas Mike Tyson, who you know had had a few long matches where he got his ass handed to him, it was nowhere near on the level. He retired, he was in jail, he had long stretches where he did not fight, and he was just a family man and just a father and just a husband. Um, and uh, so I think that equates a big part of the reason why he's able to do what he does now. He didn't get his bell rung that many times yet and get the shit knocked out of him for 12 rounds over and over and over again, right? 
So, but yeah, man, it's, it's funny because you and I announced Brady's retirement live. It happened live while we were recording, which is the first. Mm-hmm. New breaking, literally. This just in over the wire. And uh, like two weeks later, he's like, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm back. Breaking news we had. Yeah. So I just think it's funny, man, that that's just, it just totally proved and validated our point that athletes cannot walk away. They can't do it. Uh... Before we switch off, uh-huh. Jamie Foxx is playing Tyson in yes. a uh, can't wait in a uh, biopic uh, series. I think it's I think it's his four episodes. I'm not sure how many. Uh, I thought it was gonna be a movie, but it's actually a biop a biop I, I, a, a, bio, a bio a biopic series biopic series. Yeah, it's funny because I think initially they had planned for it to be a film. Well, it was gonna it was supposed to drop March 23, 2021, but they pushed it back. Yeah, yeah. For a couple reasons. So it's it's supposed to drop maybe April. They still don't have a date on it. It's interesting because I think it's not going to be about Mike, the young boxer, Mike who had all the problems, Mike who went to jail. They're going to focus more on who he's become now because they were trying to figure out what the movie was going to be. And one day, you know, Mike, uh, Jamie, of course, was, was hanging out with Mike and talking with Mike to get his vibe, to get his mannerisms and his persona. And he goes, you know, hey, Mike, how you doing, man? He goes... Oh, you know, I'm uh, I'm blessed and I'm favored. You know, all all thing is good, all things positive because I I don't have money anymore. And he goes, what What do you mean, Mike? What do you mean you you're doing good because you don't have money? He's like, yeah, I don't have money. You know, and when you don't have money, like like I used to have, I don't have the pressure. I don't have people pulling at me and leeches coming and trying to suck me dry and take me for everything I have and take advantage for me. I'm I'm just at peace and I'm happy. And Jamie was like, that's the movie. That's the guy we make the movie about. That's the guy we do this series about. That's the story. That It's a redemption story. Everybody loves somebody who goes from being this angry kind of man with problems and issues we all watched in the 90s and in the early 2000s and become the peaceful man that he is now. Like, And that was at one time. Now, whether they've changed that or not, I don't know. But I watched an interview with Jamie Foxx where he goes, that's our film. That's our movie. But now apparently it's going to be a show. But uh, anyway, yeah, man, Jamie Foxx is a beast. I mean, that Ray Charles performance is insane. And the movie Collateral with him and Tom Cruise, that movie does not get talked about enough and does not get enough credit. I absolutely love that movie. It is Michael Mann. It is so intense. Uh, Edge of your seat the whole time. It's a ride, man. A great movie. If you haven't seen Collateral, Jamie Foxx, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a bad guy, like a hitman who forces Jamie Foxx to drive him around. Let me just tell you, it's one of the few uh, Tom Cruise movies I like. Yes, yeah, yeah, there's a handful, but uh, and that's one of them. I agree, I agree. I'm not the biggest Tom Cruise guy. Love the Mission Impossible. Films. Tom Cruise isn't the biggest Tom Cruise guy. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's short. He is. He played Jack Reacher, who's supposed to be like seven feet tall and 300 pounds, and He's this little tiny guy because they got a Jack Reacher TV show now on Amazon, which is I'm supposed gonna, to be excellent. I'm just going to set my PlayStation 5 controller okay. right here on, uh, on our uh, my PlayStation 5 controller uh, stand. Okay, that, I like uh, it. Me yeah. and you nasty made with our 3D printer. It's beautiful. I love it, man. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Getting creative. I dig it. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. You know, yeah. I mean, when, when you're out here with a guy like... Oh, you nasty, right? Yeah, you make things happen. Yeah, right? when you when you know a guy named Oh, you nasty. Yeah, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? You're gonna make things happen, baby. That's what we do. Oh, you nasty. That's, That's right. Guy. That's right. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Jamie Foxx is a beast, and uh, this 
Mike Tyson story, movie, biopic, television program, whatever they're calling it, series, has been in the works for a while. And I remember seeing Jamie at one point lift his shirt up and he was yoked with a six pack. And so he's putting in the work and Jamie kind of, they'll have to do some prosthetics, I'm sure, but he's got kind of a similar facial features. They're going to make that happen and Jamie will just become him because that's what he does. He's got the voice. Well, he had, I was reading a thing or maybe it was a video I saw. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but he had to lose a bunch of weight. Yes. To do younger Tyson. Right. Which I don't make sense because I never knew Tyson to be like, Tyson was always a tank. Yeah. I don't know when and he then was he's gonna skinny, have, He skinny. had to gain weight to do older Tyson. Okay. So... And then, you know, those actors kind of go, you know, go through it. So that's not really a thing. And with the technology now, with the makeup, with the prosthetics, because Jamie has got to be 50. And so to go through the range to play someone from incredibly young to present day, it's going to be a hell of a performance. But I know he can pull it off. I, I can't wait to watch this. Uh, do they say what it's going to be on? Hopefully not HBO Max, because I've actually let that lapse, and I, I, I no longer have HBO Max. I uh, let that cancel, so. And I also let my Apple Plus, I don't think we're, I'm doing Apple Plus anymore, either. Well, it's funny you bring that up. I don't know what the Tyson's thing is. Okay. Well, when we'll I figure that out, we'll, we'll let you They know. may but not I'm know I'm glad yet. you brought that up, because, uh, guess what, buddy? What? I'm tired. Yeah? Yeah. Tired? Yeah. Tired of? I'm tired of things increasing in cost. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's everything right now. Netflix is now up to over $15 a month. Yeah. Right? Yes. And and everything is so spread out on all these different apps. Yeah. All these different providers. Yeah. All yeah. these different, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much money. I know. it. Uh, and, and it's... What, what everyone talked about has finally happened. And we all said, you know, when everybody was like, oh, man, I'm going to cut the cord. And I'm just going to do Netflix and Hulu. Well, every every station now has, you know, CBS All Access, the Peacock, which I have. I'm watching Bel Air on Peacock. And, I mean, every, every faction, every company, every network has a streaming service and has a show on that streaming service that you're going to want to watch. They may not have more than the one show. I let the Apple Plus, I was watching the... Uh, Oh shit! What is the soccer one? The the, the coach, the football coach, who's now coaching the soccer team in London. I can't think of the name of it. It's a great show, but they only had two seasons, and I don't know when the third season's coming back. So I'm not paying for that. I just finished watching um, Peacemaker on HBO Max, so I let that cancel because I have no clue when Peacemaker's coming back. And there really wasn't a lot on HBO Max other than that that I was watching. So I couldn't, I couldn't stomach the $15 a month. I couldn't warrant it. But yeah, we're in a place now where, you know, if you've got Amazon, if you've got Netflix, if you've got Hulu, if you've got HBO Max, you may as well go back to having cable again. You're not saving any money anymore. It's It, it all adds up and it's... In, yeah, the cheapest one so far is the Peacock. It's $4.99, but there really isn't anything else on the Peacock other than Bel Air. Bel Air is phenomenal. I am fucking loving Bel Air. It is such a creative take and a spin on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, converting it and turning into a drama and really focusing on the family as a whole and just not will. It is so well done and so creative. I love it. But I got two more episodes and I don't know if I can justify the $4.99 a month when uh, when it ends. I'll wait till season two and maybe do a reboot then. But and I'm sure they'll raise the price at that point because they know that that's what people are going to do. Yeah, it, it's it's insane, man. It's it's 
it's crazy because everyone has that show. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've all got that show that you're. everybody's like, you got to watch that. And I'm like, what's it on? And I'm like, ah, shit, I don't have that one. The, the only thing to me outside of, like, Disney Plus is the only one to me. Yeah, yeah. Because they've got Marvel stuff. They've got Star Wars stuff. All the Marvel movies are on there, right? So they have, like, multitude of things where I will do repeat watches of. But that's it. Yeah. Like, everything else only has, like, that one thing or, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and that's the problem. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's like, the problem. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is the name of the show on Apple Plus about uh, Jason Sudeikis, coach. He's a football coach who is now coaching a soccer team. That is a phenomenal show. I have no clue when season three is coming. I can't justify paying until till we find out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, yeah, you're, uh, did you see the Disney Plus? Uh, I saw a commercial when I was watching Hulu that all the Netflix Marvel shows are are coming to Disney Plus. Uh, they already came March. They, they're there already. I okay, March 1st. So are they edited? I don't think so. Because I can't see... Because so far they haven't done anything over a, a soft PG-13. There's no F-bombs on Disney+. Plus. Like, they edit some of the foul language out of some of the stuff. So I, I'm trying to imagine that scene in Daredevil where Carlton what? Fisk... I, I Daredevil, everything but Daredevil. I don't think oh, Daredevil's... Oh, Daredevil's right. I was going to say. And because the commercial I saw said all coming to Disney+, Plus, and they showed The Punisher, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. All They showed it all. Like, they flashed it all up. And I'm just trying to envision like a scene where Carlton Fisk kills that guy by slamming his head repeatedly into the car door and the blood's everywhere. And I can't see Disney Plus doing that. I just wonder how they're going to pull that off. Like, it'll be very interesting. But yeah, I was watching Hulu last night watching uh, the Pam and Tommy biopic television series. And there was a commercial for all things Disney. And just so you guys know... Yeah. In advance, if you're thinking this is a uh, introspective look into Pam and Tommy from the Martin Show, it's not. Oh man, I love that show. Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's gone, man. He was great, great show. One of still, my favorite shows. Still don't know what he did for work. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think they did ever die. They just hung out with Martin, man. Marty Mar, Marty Mar, get to stepping. Um, but yeah, man, it's a. Uh, it's insane how much these things cost now. But I was, yeah, when I saw that commercial, I'm like, oh, Disney Plus just earned another notch. Because I could go back. I'm ready to go back and revisit Daredevil again. That was a great show, man. That was three seasons of perfection, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, But yeah, when they said that, when I saw in the commercial that The Punisher and Daredevil were coming, I'm like, how is Disney Plus going to pull that off? Is so it's not on here yet, but it on the Disney Plus, or on the internet, it says Daredevil. Jessica Jones, Luke uh-huh. Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, Punisher, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., are, and all of the new parental control features are set to hit Disney Plus on March 16th. Ah, parental control features. Okay, so there'll be an option to be like, yeah, nobody can watch this unless they come type in a code or some shit. Like, yeah, it'll be locked. And that makes sense. I, I've been talking with people in my work for a long time that they're not going to be able to keep up this kid-friendly PG, soft PG-13, because they were starting to lose me a little bit. It feels like with Disney Plus, like, because they're doing one show at a time, you get one Marvel show, you get one Star Wars show, you get one Marvel show, you get one Star Wars show. Well, when there's gaps, like right now, till Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out, 
I'm like, I, I'm not watching Disney Plus, but I'm paying for Disney Plus. So they need to throw some more stuff up there and they need to get be able to get more adult with it. Like they can't they can't keep this up where they're just gonna be all for the kids. Like Well Moon Knight comes out next week too. Good, good, thank you. Yeah, so okay, so Moon Knight will be first. So about probably about the time Moon Knight wraps up, we'll roll into Kenobi. Cause I think Kenobi is May, if I'm not mistaken. I I could be wrong. But yeah. Looking forward to both of those. Moon Knight looks dark, looks very Batman-esque, you might say. It's got that kind of a Dark Knight vibe with him in all black going out in the night and being kind of tortured and not sleeping and not knowing what's real and what's 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 fantasy. And I'm I'm on board for that. Oscar Isaac is a great actor, so I'm I'm a I'm a fan. So um, looking to see him do something darker because he was in the cheesy Star Wars you know, seven, eight, and nine, which I wasn't super, super impressed with, but I did like him. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm, on, I'm fully on board with that, man. Let's go. Let's go. Kenobi and that look excellent. In my opinion, the trailers look great. So I'm on board, baby. They got my money already. So we paid in advance. When does that run out? Probably one more year. We got one more. You think I forget we signed on like with a deal, like before it even like you're happened. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, Scott hooked me up. Scott was like, yeah, uh, I believe it's I believe it's Scotty Coop. Scotty Coop hooked that up, baby. He was like, Bill, here it is. Sign up now. It's this much for three years. Let's go. I think we paid like 150 bucks or something. For three, three years. years. It, was like, it worked out to like 477 a month or yeah. something. Yeah. Yo, you know when that three years comes up, they're going to get us. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, coming after sure, us, sure. dude. It's good. They're having to pay for all these special effects. They're having to pay these Marvel licensing and Star Wars licensing. Like, well, I'm just hoping they, that there's a. The one good thing I will say is that there's a possibility because it's Disney, it, there will be a opportunity for it to be linked to something else, or we could get a deal or something. Right. About it. Yeah, yeah. Because I know that they got a deal. They they own Hulu too. So, and ESPN. So. There were already deals after we signed on that also included Hulu and ESPN. So if I jump back in, I may just try to find that one and cancel whatever Hulu I got now and just roll with it. But yeah, yeah. man. Anyway, yeah. Uh, March 20, or sorry, May 25th for Kenobi, by the way. Yeah, I'm stoked for that, man. I am well, so hello there. stoked for that. Yes, dude. He, he was the best part about those prequel movies. I really thought he was a great choice for Obi-Wan. He's an excellent actor big fan of his and uh there's such a long gap there where he was on uh Tatooine and protecting Luke and making sure he was okay I can't wait to see all the adventures and all the things that happen uh and you know oh, they, the, jar, they, the Jar Jar hate continues yeah well, I don't doubt that if he's gonna be around who knows but I mean I just can't wait to see the what what they come up with because they've already said that the, the the actor that plays Anakin will be in this show and I'm like, well, what? Why? Why? I, I don't know why they would sign him up for that. Like, I was talking to one of my coworkers, and I'm like, because at this point now he's Darth Vader, and Darth Vader is much bigger than Hayden Christensen, and he's in the suit and the mask, and it's not his voice; it's James Earl Jones's voice. So why does Hayden Christensen even need to get out of bed and show up? Like, unless the only thing I was thinking is maybe they're going to do flashbacks, or maybe there will be scenes where the mask comes off. And uh, you reveal Hayden Christensen's mangled, tore up, younger version of the beat up Darth Vader. You know, like, Mm -hmm. so I don't know. Because I was like, why does he even need to show up for that? Just say, hey, send me a check, man. Like, I don't need to be there anymore. In a world where Luke can be in a show and not actually show. Young Luke, 30-year-old Luke could be in a show and not have to be there. I'm not sure why Hayden Christensen has to show up for Darth Vader anymore. Like, 
Because if it ain't James maybe Earl needs Jones, a job. if it ain't James Earl, oh, I know he, he ain't done shit. Maybe it was written. Maybe it was in his contract. He ain't done shit since Star Wars. He definitely needs a job. That's, I, I, that would go. I mean, I could be wrong. But the two oh niners come at me and be like, "He did an off Broadway play, Bill." You know, like I, yeah, I could, I could be off base. He, he might be doing all right. Just but, for the record, I, Savage O'Malley, do not think the 209ers sound like that. that <laughs> no, is, no, those yeah. are merely the uh, opinions well, and expressions of Bill Adams <laughs> at Bill Adams on Instagram, not Savage O'Malley. Be advised. Over. Uh, yeah, dude. It's, I've been, it's been pointed out that I've been coming a little more negative lately, and I apologize for that. I, uh, but no, We man. just assaulted all of our listeners, and they sound like nerds. No, but I'm just... Uh, was that a Broadway play, Bill? Get your shit together. But I... I I guess I shouldn't say R209ers, but maybe someone out there listening that's a diehard Hayden Christensen fan that would be like, yo, man, he's done A, B, C, D, and E. The Haydenites? Yeah. I don't know what he's done since the Star Wars films. He didn't have, I don't think he's had much of a career. He might have, but anyway, I digress. Looking forward to those shows. Can't wait. Um... Where are we going now, my friend? What do we What do we got on the on the on the books here to talk about today? Well, sir, dude? it's very simple where we're going. Okay, Take it's me, a little place. Take me there, my friend. You I am have, more than have, ready. You may have heard of. Yeah, I, I I might be aware of it. Just let me know. It's called Gotham. Mmm. Gotham City, my friend. The dark side of the DC universe. You know, there's Metropolis and there's Gotham in the DC universe. Metropolis is Superman City, the bigger, brighter, shiner, cleaner, cleaner version. And then Gotham is the dark, nasty, gritty underbelly, like where all the crazy shit goes down, where Batman resides. And, uh, absolutely, man. Brings us to, uh, there was a little movie that was released. You may have heard of it. It's called The Batman, directed by Matt Reeves. Mm-hmm. Starring Pattinson, Mr. Pattinson himself. Is it Robert Pattinson? I forget his name. Yeah. Bobby. Bobby Pattinson. You, you know, you, you're on a first name yeah. with him? Hey, go call him Bobby. How you doing, Bobby? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's now Italian and from the Bronx. I like it. And it sounds like Robert De Niro. Hey, Bobby Patty, how you doing? So, yes, you and I both... Um, partook of this cinematic delight in the theaters we did and are now going to get you actually saw an early screening didn't you uh maybe i don't know you yeah. know like i don't like to talk about things but maybe me and uh oh you nasty and a group of couple guys my buddy dubs all right know, all right jay Cousy. okay okay we went out there a group of guys we was out there we watched batman early okay so there was batman a was there yeah <laughs> but I tell you this, he wasn't real. Okay. Because he was only five foot four. Oh, really? Yeah. I would have stomped Batman. Somebody was dressed as Batman. I at think your he show. was part of the promotional. Like, ah. And there was a guy dressed as the Riddler. Got you. Okay. So for the early screening, for like the yeah. premiere early access, they yeah. actually had people dressed up. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Someone was dressed up as uh, Edward Not Edward Nashton. Yeah. AKA the Riddler. Edward Nigma. Yes. Man, uh, so you and I both saw this. We We're did. now going to give our review. So just a heads up. If you have not seen Matt Reeves, the Batman, and don't want to be spoiled, don't want to have your opinions tainted before seeing it yourself, shut the podcast off, go watch the movie, and come back, because I'm sure there will be some kind of spoilers. We're going to give some kind of detailed information away as we deeply dive into this film and review it. 
So, man. The, the key part is come back. Come back, please. Oh, yeah, please. Yes, thank you. Thank you for restating that. So, Savage, I know you are a big Batman guy. You went and saw it early. I did. Tell me what you thought, my friend. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. Okay. I thought it was fantastic. Nice. I thought it was um, uh, for me, and, and, and I saw, I think that it was... Right now, it's 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 neck and neck with the Dark Knight for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was, it, there was this, a lot of things I liked about it. Um, first and foremost, it was very dark. Yes, which is exactly who Batman should be. Yeah, if I you think look, it, I think this is the darkest Batman ever so far and, out and, of any of them. And um, this doesn't have anything to do with the actual movie, but I talked talk to Oh You Nasty about this. My favorite thing, probably aesthetically about the movie, mm-hmm. was that it was very dark and grainy, yeah. and it wasn't like overshot with 4K cameras just because we can. Right. It was kind of artsy in the way that they made it look visually, mm-hmm. and I thought it worked fantastically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just thought that that was... You know, sometimes like with C, like we talk about with CGI and the sure. the, the ability we have now, yeah. like go for it, balls out. You know, let's put yeah. a, millions and millions of dollars into this. But it wasn't that. Um, I'm sure there was a ton of CGI and things in there too. But just the the aesthetic look of it, um, I really enjoyed. Um, I and the cool thing to me, and this is like with any of the comic book stuff that we watch. Right. right, whether it's Marvel or DC or whatever, is there's mm-hmm. so many comics and so many stories that they can tell. Right, right, and right. this Batman was from a uh, era called the Long Halloween. Mm, okay, which is what uh, what this movie is kind of based around. Okay, um, I thought there was just uh, a lot of fantastic things uh, that came from this movie. Um, I'll be honest, and, and if you were a fan of this ep- this podcast. You know that both Bill and myself were not really excited about Robert Pattinson. No, absolutely not. I had high hopes. I was hoping him. I was hoping that he would knock it out of the park, and we talked about it several times. Because if he failed, if this Batman tanked, you and I both discussed that Batman was probably going to go away for a little while. Because, you know, we had the, 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 the fiasco with the Justice League and... And, you know, you had the George Clooney Batman. You had, other than the Dark Knight series, the Batman's been a little dim lately as far as uh, as far as far good films. So, it, yeah, yeah, you and I talked that, like, if he doesn't knock it out of the park, we could be in a world where we don't get a Batman flick for a while. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you, uh, and who was the actor that played uh, Penguin? Dano. Uh, is it Paul Dano? That played the penguin? Oh, excuse me. No, that's Colin Farrell. Uh, who's unrecognizable. Fantastic. Oh, job so good. So good. The... My bad. Dano's the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You 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 if they hadn't told you that that was Colin Farrell prior to the going in, you had I no had idea. forgot. Yeah. Until oh you nasty, like halfway through the movie, leaned over and was like, You can't even tell that's Colin Farrell. And I was like, Oh f-. like I like then it like clicked for me. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And he... I was like, you couldn't even tell. He was having so... Even when I look at him, I still can't no, tell. Oh, no, dude. The makeup job's phenomenal. His voice is incredible. And he just had so much fun. You could tell 
he was having a blast being in the makeup and being unrecognizable and becoming this character. His the whole thing of him calling Batman vengeance. Hey, vengeance! All right, vengeance! Come over here! Like throwing that back in his face constantly. I love that. But you're right. He he was great, great. Um, I also really enjoyed. Um, uh, sorry. The um, if you will. So Paul Dano was was the Riddler. The Riddler. Right. He was good. Uh, John Turturro. Excellent. Falcone was uh Don Falcone. Yes. Uh Andy Circus. Oh. Was man. uh uh Alfred. So good. Yeah, w- yeah. Want more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. She was not she did a good job. Um Jeffrey Wright, I thought played a pretty good Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Pre. He's not the commissioner yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. James Gordon. Yeah, yeah. He's just coming up. Yeah. Yeah. On the come up, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of things like, uh, and, and I'll just tell you this, um, from the Christian Bale, uh, the Christian Bale series. Yeah. We talk about, uh, you know, all these, you know, that's my captain America. That's, that's my captain. Gordon. That's my commissioner Gordon. The, the one that played in the Christian Bale movies. Yeah. 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 And I, I can't, I'm blanking out on his name. Right yeah. Now. The actor's He's name. Super famous actor. Yeah. Yeah. He played Sirius Black in the Harry Potter movies and I can't remember his name either right now, but he's a great actor and uh, British, British actor. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, you know what? Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, such a strong actor. Yeah, he was great as Commissioner Gordon as well. And I think in those movies, he's not Commissioner Gordon right out the, off not the bat the either. No. He comes up. So I'll agree with you um, that uh, I think the bar is the Dark Knight. Uh, that's that's the bar that every Batman movie now has to match. For me, that's the Batman movie. I mean, for nothing else, Heath Ledger. But so many reasons. Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman. You talked about Gary Oldman. I mean, Christian Bale. There's so many people knocked it out of the park. That movie is almost perfection to me. Like, there's not a lot of things negative I'll say about The Dark Knight. So that's the bar for me. And I had a lot of people tell me that this movie was better. Like, I, my, 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 uh, one of my coworkers was like, this is the best Batman movie ever. I think it's better than The Dark Knight. And, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very well done. Not not better than The Dark Knight. Not to me, no. Um, I haven't watched The Dark Knight in a while, so. But my memories of The Dark Knight and what I with this movie, um, no, it's not. It's not better. It's very good. Very well done. Every cast member does their thing. The story is really well done. You talked about the cinematography. I love the fact that it's a simple detective story. It's not this big, you know, most superhero movies is the the villain has this big, massive plot and they're going to take over and destroy the world and the hero has to stop and usually there's explosions and you talked about CGI and green screens and special effects and it's a big giant, you know, we're used to the giant spectacle that is Marvel. Marvel has become this giant, massive Ringling Brothers three ring circus of an event you know, we're getting ready to get the multiverse of madness at Doctor Strange. That's going to be a CGI galore. Like, it's going to be insane. This was a quiet, dark detective movie. And I loved that. But my problem came with the length. It was, you could have shaved a half an hour off this movie. And for me, it would go from being good to great. It had like three endings 
uh, where I thought, all right, guys, I, I, I liked it when it was a simple detective story. Um, I did not like the big reveal of the uh, Riddler. All of a sudden, he tells Batman that he's placed bombs and he's going to blow them up and the Gotham's going to flood. It went from being this very simple detective movie to all of a sudden it turned into a disaster movie. And I did not like that. For me, you want the perfect movie? You want this movie to be perfect? The moment at the end of the movie uh, when the Riddler finally reveals himself and he's captured after he feels he's completed his mission and they take him off to Arkham and he calls for Batman to come talk to him and Batman goes in and there's that really tense moment where Batman thinks he knows his identity because he's the Riddler has revealed that he was an orphan at, our, at you know in the orphanage and uh, you know they were they were living with rats and they were sick and there was no food and no one was taking care of them well, then Bruce Wayne's parents get killed and it's, oh, everybody's worried about Bruce Wayne and poor Bruce Wayne, billionaire Bruce Wayne. You know, he keeps saying his name and it, that scene is so tense because Batman is looking at the cameras and looking at him and waiting for him to say, and I know that you're Bruce Wayne. And it finally is revealed that he doesn't know he's Bruce Wayne. And then that's when Batman tells him, hey, look, man, you're crazy. You're sick. You need help. I'm not like you. I wasn't working with you. And then he he should have walked away and had the Riddler screaming, this is not how it was supposed to go. It was supposed to be you and me. This is it. He should have walked away. And then it should have ended with the scene with him and Catwoman saying their goodbyes and her telling Batman, look, I know I'd love to be with you, but I know you're already with someone else. And then the bat signal flies up in the sky and he rides off on his motorcycle. Credits, roll credits. I think that's the perfect movie. That whole convoluted, I'm going to set up bombs all over the the seaport of Gotham and flood the town. So everyone in the town's going to have to run to this one central area. And then all my apparent social media followers are going to show up and shoot people like fish in a barrel like i just didn't need that i didn't need it i don't think it was necessary i felt like they took this small really cool dark detective movie uh and turn and tried to turn it into a spectacle like most superhero movies are they like they went oh we didn't really have a spectacle we didn't have that big giant thing that has to happen in every superhero movie and i didn't feel it was necessary in this movie so this is a really good movie that if you shave that half hour out of it would have been an absolutely great, great, great movie, in my opinion. And that's not a knock to this movie. Like, I know I've begin, been getting the negativity, uh, you know, saying I'm very negative and I'm coming down on these movies. But, man, when you're clocking in, by the time you stick around for the end credits and you're well over three hours um, and and. I just felt you could have chopped that whole scene off at the end and you've got a, a phenomenal movie, like a really dark, simple detective story with a great car chase scene and some hardcore fisticuffs that didn't need a giant flood in the city and all that. Like I, I didn't, I didn't need that. I'm sure a lot of people will disagree with me, but I just felt it was way, way, way too long. And I don't know what's happening. My microphone's falling. So, but anyway, really, really good. I thoroughly enjoyed this film. I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to go see it. Just be prepared. I went in with a large Coke Zero. And if you stay 
all the way through to the credits to see because Marvel has us trained now. I, I reached out to you. Yo, Savage, is there something at the end? And you were like, yes, yeah, very little. I'm like, is that the very end? You were like, yes. I'm like, okay, I'm running to piss. And I run to piss and the usher throws my soda away. <laughs> like he threw my soda out, man. I'm like, I'm coming back. I left my jacket, dude. Like what the hell? Like, and, uh, and then he tells me, yeah, it's nothing really at the end. It's not worth it. I'm like, man, I'm here now. I'm committed. I'm staying. Shut up. Like, but yeah, just be prepared. Three hours if you stay through the, the trailers and through the better end to the credits. Um, it's long, so sip that soda sparingly. Have some popcorn to soak it up and get that salt because you're going to need it. But anyway, that's my take, man. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I wish they would have kept it a small, simple detective film instead of going for that big bang, bang, crash, uh, insane superhero comic book movie ending that they did. That's my take. Well, all right, buddy. Thanks for the take. Appreciate it. You got it. Uh, I'm going to try to fix my microphone. I'll let you Yeah, we got a real problem over here, Bill. You got a real problem. I don't know what's going on. Well, you never put it down there. I don't know why you put it down there. It's not tightening. You always put it up here. Okay, I'll try that. It's just not tightening. We got real problems here. Yeah, (laughs) it's not doing anything when I turn it. Yeah, not not, this. Because you're turning the wrong way. Here we go. Bill, oh boy. It's slow though. Bill, Bill, Bill needs. Bill is struggling right now. I wish you guys. <laughs> Bill needs a nap. I think. This is this quality radio, guys. Hope, hope you guys appreciated that. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so that's my take, man. I I I loved the the small, intimate detective story, but when they tried to do the big, massive box office special effects driven ending i just didn't feel it was necessary i feel it was an extra half hour of that movie that wasn't needed that it could have lived without but there are so many amazing little details and little touches in this movie that they touch on that have never been touched on in any other batman movie that i thought were absolutely phenomenal that i love that i absolutely loved i loved him riding around on a motorcycle for the majority of the movie i love the fact that he was in the batman suit more than he was bruce wayne because what no other Batman movie is ever focused on, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, he was very uncomfortable as Bruce Wayne. He much preferred to be Batman. He didn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He didn't want to go out in public. He didn't want to have to meet with people. He just wants to fight crime and be Batman. And I love the whole thing, because you've always heard that Bruce Wayne is the mask and Batman is the real guy. But this movie really showed you that in a way that I don't think any other Batman movie ever has. And I really, really appreciated that. There's the scene where he gets up in the morning because Batman's not gonna be a morning person. He's out all night fighting crime. I love the fact that he's coming home and he's got the, uh, what are those, the contact lenses with the cameras? Mm -hmm. And he's videoing everything he sees and then he's journaling it so that he can remember. So he's up all night. And then when he's gotta get up and meet with the lawyers, with with Alfred in the morning he's like trying to shake it off the sunlight comes in and he doesn't like the sun he puts on his sunglasses and he's just not into it because he's not comfortable as Bruce Wayne he's way more comfortable in that Batman suit but I I loved that aspect of it I thought the the contact lens cameras were a really really cool ad I loved um 
Yeah, I just, I love the fact that he rode around on a motorcycle. You're not trying to, if you're a detective trying to solve a crime, would you want to draw attention to yourself? In all the other movies, Batman rolls around in the Batmobile, that big-ass spectacle of a vehicle. He was low-key undercover on a motorcycle for 90% of that movie. You get the one amazing car chase scene in the rain, which was dope, dope. And it was uh, where you finally got to see the Batmobile. But for the most part... Um, he was low-key, all black, on a motorcycle, doing detective work. And as a detective, you got to be quiet. You got to sneak around. You got to, you know, you, you, you're, you're keeping it low-key. You're not. You're trying not to be seen. And I just thought all those little details are what made this movie for me. Like I really enjoyed the fact that that he was uncomfortable. It felt like he couldn't wait to put that suit on. He was crawling out of his skin as Bruce Wayne. He couldn't handle being Bruce Wayne he just wanted to get that suit on and be Batman that was his like protective blanket his comfort zone and I really 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 appreciated that like I enjoyed that uh. and I'm looking forward to the sequels where he'll start to have to become more comfortable as Bruce Wayne um and 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 watching that learning curve as he as he evolves and has to f- figure out who he is as Bruce Wayne as well I, I can't wait for that uh, so, um, I thought there were several things that were just kind of almost Easter egg things that kind of popped up, like, uh, the, the relationship between, um, Bruce Wayne's father and Carmine Falcone. Yes. And the, you know, how that became. Yes. Um, that his mom's last name was Arkham. Yes. Um, I thought that was fantastic. Um, just in that's in a, and, and, and here's the thing is that y- you had people tell you that this is probably the best Batman ever. Yes. And for me, they are literally like one, one a, and the reason that I'm sure that those people are saying that yeah. is because this is so much more factually based in the sense of adaptation from the comics yeah like this is more accurate historically to the comics which is why if you're a massive comic head and a batman guy or girl like this is gonna hit home because there was so many little things like if you go and google easter eggs like 20 30 easter eggs yeah yeah, yeah. that are thrown in there from this batman universe that people like lost their shit about and so i get that and then you throw on the top of that so if you imagine if you know all of that stuff Mm. then you throw on how you feel about the film as a film yeah yeah. and of course to them that's going to be better um and so for me uh i thought um i disagree with your take about the whole grandiose thing i thought that uh i thought that's something that the riddler uh you know he had he was um he was upset he was pissed he was angry like he you know the whole story of the uh the fund that did yeah. that, that you know the whole story yeah. of why why the fund got taken advantage of by mobsters and gangsters and not this is not what bruce uh bruce wayne oh my god why am i thomas wayne can remember his damn name thomas wayne wanted yeah from the fund you know before he was murdered him and his wife were murdered and how the how it became and and uh, the whole story of the orphans and the, yeah, I, just, yeah. I just loved it and I thought it was great. Um, and uh, and I think that uh, who who was the uh, the black lady that was was that the DA, the new DA 
Or was that the mayor? She's running for mayor. So the new yeah. about to be mayor, I think yeah. that was important because you're establishing the relationship between Batman and the mayor and that she's a good person and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like there wasn't really a spot to establish that character with any kind of validity going forward in the movie except for right there and that's why i think that that scene was important because i think the mayor is going to play a part going forward sure of course uh, and i don't think there was there. i don't yeah. think that was a real a real um opportunity to um display that character or um um grow that character at all until you got to that point um and it and it brings the whole we're coming together as a gotham you know to fight back like at the end right there. Yeah, they've got to clean up a flood now and they've got to try to, you know, there's going to be looting because everything, it's it's like uh, what was when New Orleans flooded, right? And everybody looted and took advantage. They're basically saying Gotham is going to have a similar, I can't remember the name of that hurricane that, that flooded New Katrina? Orleans. Katrina? Katrina. Hurricane Maybe. Katrina. I don't know. They, yeah. have, a, they, they have a hurricane yeah, yeah. every year. No, that was, like. the, that was the hurricane. That was the one. Poor guys. When, when, that, when New Orleans flooded like that, there, there was looting and lots of crime and people taking advantage of the situation. So they're basically alluding that Gotham is going to be that way and Batman's going to be their symbol of hope and help them push through and clean up. I just, I, uh, I knew what they were trying to do there, but I, I prefer my Batman behind the scenes and dark how he was. Now at the end, he's out in the open. They're loading that child onto the uh, onto the uh, gurney and, and and pulling him up in the helicopter, and he's holding the kid's hand for as long as he can until he gets pulled off into the helicopter and he can no longer do it, and he's become this like symbol for hope, and the people are going to rally around him. I have never looked at Batman as like the symbol for hope. I've looked at Batman as the guy that comes out of the shadows and the dark to protect the people who can't protect themselves. Like I look at that scene where he's got his hand holding the kid's hand and they're wheeling him up into the helicopter and he lets the hand go as something Superman would do. That's a Superman moment to me, not not a, but not if a you, Batman. But if you think back on all the Batmans we've ever watched, right? Yeah. Batman strikes fear yes. into criminals. Yes. To the dark element. Right. And then the other people, there's half of the people who hate Batman and think, oh, he's a vigilante out there doing what he wants, he doesn't want to do. Right. right. But then there's half of the remaining people who Batman is a sense of hope. Batman yeah. is, you know, so I sure. mean, that's that's something we've always had. Yeah, he's in, in small doses, but now he's become like a symbol. Like he's out in the open, he's it daylight, you know, helping, he's going to help. But, you know, like I said, that was that was that last little 15, 20 minutes that I could have lived without. But the rest of the movie leading up to that point, I, th I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I loved the fact that there was just so many little touches. Like I talked about the the cameras on the the uh, on the contact lenses. I talked about all the all those him riding a motorcycle, him not being a fan of being up during the day and being uncomfortable. All those little things I loved when uh, Gordon kept inviting him onto crime scenes, that opening scene where he walks in fully in full suit, walks onto the crime scene and he's just walking between all these cops who are looking at him like, what the fuck is this motherfucker doing here? Really? Now we got to deal with this freak show? But there's this tense moment where it's just silent and they're all looking at him like, and he walks through and they're like, Gordon, really? Like I, those kind of moments are what made this movie for me. Like, um, 
that yeah like i said man there's two and a half hours there that are that are really really phenomenal and it just it trailed off at the end for me but that in no way shape or form makes it a bad movie it just was a little too long that's all i would highly recommend everybody check this out uh pattinson did not disappoint can't wait to see what he does with the character next uh and the whole cast came through in a major way can't wait to see the penguin develop uh colin farrell hit a home run absolutely knocked it out of the park uh, I definitely give this movie the cosign. It's worth your hard-earned money and going to the theater to see. Just be prepared for that three hours. That's all. Before we get out of here, yeah, I just want to tell you, did you see it in IMAX? No. So we saw it in IMAX because we're boss like that. Got you. And that's the only way you could see it. Yeah. <laughs> pre, pre, they, they were going to get their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Visually, we talked about it, uh, it being fantastic to me. Um, the sound was great. Yes. And I can tell you this, man. Uh, the car chase scene was badass. Yeah. And it was even better in IMAX. Yeah. When that freaking thing. Uh, when he fired up the engine. Oh, whew. Yeah, my seat was rattling in that. And I was in a regular theater. Like, well, it was, it was you like. Can, you can guess what it felt like in IMAX. Yeah, thing. yeah. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, and then that has become a uh, it has become a TikTok trend now where people are, yeah, you know, my first night in Gotham and they're throwing a little piece of litter on, then someone down the street turns their lights on and yeah. they run the music <laughs> and they're like, ah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, double cosine for sure. Uh, Bill thought it was really really good. Yeah, I did. I thought it was amazing. Um, best movie I've seen this far this year this far. I'm pretty sure. Um, looking forward to uh, this uh, this uh, this summer. We'll, we'll see if there. I don't know what's coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, I feel like this is the first year post COVID where we're gonna we should get a uh, a, uh, a bombing of uh, films. Hopefully. Well, we know the big one is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. If any movie's gonna knock out uh, Batman's reign, it will be that one. Also, uh, next is Morbius. Which, uh, another dark film, uh, and, a, and a character that I know nothing about, and I'm not super excited for, other than that it's connected to the world of Spider-Man. But uh, that's next, and then I think Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes after that. For movies that are on our radar. Now, Savage, if you want to learn more about the upcoming movies for this year, yeah. there's a podcast where they do an episode where they just go over the movie calendar for all the movies coming for 2022. I don't know if you are is, aware of that or is not. Is that the uh, 209 Till Infinity podcast? Yes, that would be the one, sir. I, I believe, I, I believe I've believe uh, i heard them before. Uh, charming fellas. <laughs> yes, they're not bad, are they? Uh, they get the job done, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they, they do all right. Yeah. Uh, I believe, if and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Um, you're talking about season four, episode 14, and now batting. Want to know what's on deck movie-wise for the rest of 2022? Well, the 209 boys got you. Yes, that's the one. That's the episode. Yeah, we dig in. I went through the calendar and pulled up every movie that I thought would interest us for 2022 that's slated to come out. Doesn't mean they will, but slated. And we go through them one by one through the dates. But uh, I believe up next is is Morbius because they pushed Morbius from uh, January up until now. So we got Morbius and then we got Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which I just can't wait for because the possibilities are endless now that they've opened the multiverse. But, uh, man, I hope they don't make us wait too long for another Batman. I know it'll probably be a couple years, 
but I'm really excited to see where they go with this. And this one already was so long delayed because of COVID. This was supposed to happen quite a while ago. So I am uh, I am absolutely stoked to see where Pattinson takes this character next and how he develops. Uh, and I'm fully on board. Bring on the sequels, man. I'm ready for the Batman too. Whatever they're gonna, whatever the title will be, yeah, it's probably not gonna be just the Batman too. But I'm stoked for it, man, and I'm fully on board and ready for it. Let's do it. All right, man, get us out of here. In the immortal words of my man George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we will see you in the two oh nine. A vengeance. Vengeance. <laughs>